morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert, and NFT Tones could be joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today. Today in Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden is calling out the BIS after they stated fiat has beat cryptocurrency. He exposes how the exact opposite is what's taking place. Quinpedia released their XRP price predictions from now until 2030, as the head of DeFi at Ripple explains how RippleNet is live in over 150 countries worldwide. Max Kaiser was on Fox News last night explaining how FTX was working with many United States regulators, calling this collapse an inside job. And SEC Chairman Gary Gensler continues to do his best in confusing the public on cryptocurrencies, now implying that Ethereum and XRP, as well as several other top 100 cryptos, are securities. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, Gary Genzer is going to be talked about this episode. So I hope he's in the live chat. Before we get into it, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for making time for us. I'm uh, feeling great, Abs. And speaking of a live chat, Gonzo, yes, if you can hop on, come on in. We can use you because... Because I don't, I don't think I've told is going to make it. But abs, it is Friday. It's happy abs. You know, I realized we need happy music. We need like Friday. Like it's you know the party celebration. It's Friday, Johnny. Yeah. I'm a Monday guy. I'm a Monday guy. Oh no, 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 no. Forget Mondays. Mondays are painful. Beginning of the week. It's Friday. So let me just start out like we always do. Good morning, Warrior Maniacs. How are you today? Love you guys. Appreciate you guys showing up every single day, abs. And I can't wait to hop into it. We got some great news out there. Plus, we got a weekend coming up, so I'm super excited. And then looking forward to some 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 warm time next week. But abs, let's hop into it. Guys, baby. if you're looking for Johnny Crypto next week, you're going to find him in South Florida. That's the only uh, hint I'm going to give. But we already got 210 live listeners joining us on this Friday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are bringing all the relevant news for today. But Billy, how you feeling, my friend? And thank you for being here. What's up, bro? Yeah, man, I don't like Fridays. It's the end of the trading week. I love Mondays, man. Now we, then we can make money. I don't make money on the weekends. I just have to chill and wait for for money Monday. I never thought that would happen in life, man. I remember having to live for Friday, right? We got to get to the weekend now. I despise the weekend. Oh, I like that. Money Monday. Money That's Monday. a freaking great thing. Money Monday, Merlin Monday. We got all the M's taking place. But we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Crypto Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, out of the greed range, sitting at a 53. And when we check out some of the daily movers, it's a red day across the board. A board. Difficult to find a green bubble here. When we check out the total coin market cap, we are sitting at $1.06 trillion. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 23100 Ethereum, 1600 Gonzo just joined us in the background. Super excited to have you, Gonzo. Thank you for joining us. XRP is $0.37. Cents. Cardano is $0.36. Cents. Cosmos is $13. And we're going to scroll down to Quan Network. If I can find it, sitting at 129 getting some bearish price action. Gonzo, before we get into our stories, I'm kicking it back to you. Thanks for joining the live stream. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. You know, I'm usually not on Fridays, but I saw like Tones wasn't here. So I figured I'd jump on real quick. Uh, I don't know how long I could say, but I'll stay as long as I can. But super excited to be here with you guys, man. Anytime I, you know, I don't get to see Billy all the time. So what's up, Billy? Love you, bro. 
But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show. Awesome, guys. And we're going to get right into our most important yeah, story for you know no. how God, you know how you know Gonzo wasn't gonna be on the show today. Look, he doesn't have his hair ready today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Johnny knows me, and we're not. You know, I was gonna be on the show. Yeah. Awesome, guys. So we're gonna get right into our main story for today. Or you know what, Johnny? You changed my mind. Actually, let's play an interesting video. I want to show our listeners as this is the lead or the head of DeFi at Ripple talking about how their RippleNet product is already available in 115 countries worldwide. Gary Gensler, I hope you're listening. Yeah, there's, um, I want to say we're live in 150 different uh, corridors, uh, countries. Uh, there's, you know, hundreds of institutions that are live using RippleNet. Uh, and like I said, you know, billions of dollars of payment flow that's being facilitated through ODL. The volume isn't great there, but that's one from one of our friends, Crypto Airy. Johnny, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick. We got some hard evidence today of Gary Gensler not only stating Ethereum is the security, XRP and several other top 100 cryptos are going to be following under the SEC's jurisdiction, or at least that's what he hopes. How do you feel about Ripple being live in over 100 countries today while the SEC is deciding what this product is? Oh, I, I love the fact that while the SEC is trying to hold them down, trying to keep this cat in the bag, the reality is Ripple's fighting as hard as they can to get out that son bitch. And you can see them spreading around the world, 100 countries, money being used. Out. Yeah, shout out to everybody out there today. Love you guys. And the Italian army, too, if I didn't catch you, uh, Joey. But, uh, yeah, Abs, I think at the end of the day, yeah, well, you're going to put things up, you're going to distract me. I'm easily distractible. But, anyway, it is great news. It is great news to see Ripple this early in the game with a huge monkey on their back, and they're still getting shit done. That gives me great confidence that when the monkey is off their back, that this company is going to be set to explode. And I think it was in the, uh, yeah, yesterday we were talking about in coaches um, in the private work, if you're in the academy, we were talking about how there's, you know, Ripple someday is going to do an IPO. Perhaps. We know they're waiting to do a public IPO. And that's a company that, man, if you can get your hands on it, if you're an accredited investor, you can buy it through link to There's a link below. And, uh, you know, that's something that you may want to have in your bags long term. Billy, an article that caught my attention from last night is a record. Records reveal that Ripple CEO met with senior Trump administrator back in 2018. This is Gary Khan. And right after this meeting, Gary Khan came out and made an announcement that the world will have a global cryptocurrency and it won't be Bitcoin. So, Billy, I know you're not an advocate of Bitcoin here. And Gary Khan seems to agree with you based on the energy costs and the cost of electricity it takes to produce this cryptocurrency. That was his biggest rebuttal as to why Bitcoin will not see mainstream adoption. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts here. How do you feel about Gary Cohen back in 2018 stating that Bitcoin wasn't going to see mainstream adoption? I mean, it's kind of the obvious. We talk about it all the time, how hard it is to actually use Bitcoin. The utility is just not there behind it. I get it as a store of value, but it's not something that you're going to be able to transfer back and forth at a store between peer to peer. Because I'm not waiting for 45 minutes to a day for you to give me my damn money if you bought something. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, plus the transaction fees and everything. And with all the people, you know, screaming climate change, climate control, all this, it makes no sense to use Bitcoin, right? It, does, it doesn't follow the narrative. So if you just watch the relationships that they've made and Ripple's always been open about what they've been doing, right? So it makes sense that they would get in touch with that administration at that time and say, hey, this is what we're trying to do. And it just coincides with everything that's going on. And of course, you know, the people that you have in office now, of course, the whole government as a whole, they can't dip their hands in the pie anymore. Hence why they're trying to figure it out, at least in my opinion, why they're pushing back on it so hard. They, they've got, they've all got their hands in it somehow, some way. 
Guys, and we got 294 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. There's a reason we called in the reinforcements and had to get Gonzo on the show. And that is because we have a groundbreaking article, not only revolving around Ethereum, but many other of our favorite currencies. So Gonzo, I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this one. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler implies that Ethereum is a security and falls under his jurisdiction. And these are brand new statements from yesterday morning on CNBC. Gary Gensler said Bitcoin was the only cryptocurrency he felt comfortable publicly calling a commodity in an interview with CNBC yesterday afternoon. Gary Gensler reiterated his view that many cryptocurrencies are securities and remain highly speculative in this asset class. The investing public is hoping for a return. And just like they invest in other financial assets that we call securities by omission, he didn't state that Ethereum was not a security, right? He did not say that Ethereum was a commodity. So he's basically implying Ethereum is a security. In his opinion, that means at odds with the CFTC, they need to create one rule book for the entire cryptocurrency market. And we're going to get into that later in the show. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I'd just like to stick with those statements originally, Gonzo. How do you feel about Gary Gensler implying Ethereum is not a commodity by stating Bitcoin is the only unregistered security in the market today? Yeah, well, you know, it's nothing new under the sun of what he talks about, right? I mean, when you look at Gary Gensler, he's supposedly he's there to protect the investors. But let's be honest, he's there to... In- to protect the incumbents, right? That's his job. That's been his role, right? He's there to protect the incumbents against disruptive technology. And that's what he's been doing, right? And so what they're doing is they're holding this up. And you see how they play the word games? He won't, it's like, we have to make the infersion, right? Because he won't come out and straight up say that Ethereum's a security. Why? It's because he's waiting for his boys to pack their bags to get all situated and everything that they're going to do. And then he's going to unleash this thing, right? He's going to come out and they're going to give clarity, right? They're going to they're going to say all the things they need to say, and then crypto is going to move. So right now, like we've talked about, we're in the fight you phase while they all pack their bags, while they all make their backdoor deals, right? And then eventually he's going to release the hounds, right? And this yep. thing's going to take off. Billy, we always talk about how there's good guys and bad guys, but all the world's a stage. And the CFTC and SEC are secretly working together behind the scenes to bring in United States regulation. The CFTC chairman has stated multiple times that he is certain Bitcoin and Ethereum are both commodities. Fortunately, clarity could be on the way as a new bipartisan bill titled the Responsible Financial Innovation Act would label one rulebook bringing the SEC and CFTC together to regulate the cryptocurrency market. And this makes me excited. It makes me nervous. I'm not sure what to say, but I'm going to say this right here. Gary Gensler has already proven that so far can't regulate this market correctly, whether it was missing the FTX collapse, not going after Ethereum for their ICO and going after Ripple for launching an unregistered security In my personal opinion, the track record speaks for itself, Billy. So what do you think about the CFTC and SEC coming together to regulate cryptocurrencies? Oh, man, it's a double-edged sword. You're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't with this one. You need regulations for institutional investors to come in. And, you know, you need regulations so things like FTX doesn't happen. But in that same aspect, I don't trust any of these fuckers. Not one of them. So I want to be able to invest my money how I want to and do my own due diligence and my own discernment with my investments. I can understand, you know, trying to protect people if that was really what they're doing, but they're not, man. They're a glorified gang unit is is all it is. And you just don't fall in line. They tax you how they want to tax you. They take what they want to take and they do what they want to do. Uh, it's, it's the same old thing, bro. 
Thank you, Billy. And I'm trying to pull up a video in the background, Johnny. We showed something a couple months ago, breaking down how the NSA tracked down four developers in California responsible for creating Bitcoin. I want to show that to our listeners, but give me your thoughts, my friend. Well, while you're doing that, let me just give my thoughts on this whole Gary thing. So this is a bunch, another bunch of WWE horse bullshit, right? So, you know, Gary's catching a bunch of shit because he's probably hearing it, right? From, from all the critics that he's giving ETH a free pass. So if you're Gary... What's the logical thing to do? You come out and then you kind of leave a little uncertainty like, oh, maybe maybe the SEC is starting to think that it is. A need. So then everybody will stop saying that Gary's giving a free path. But I'll be honest with you, until I actually see the SEC file a lawsuit, an actual physical lawsuit against SEC, against the uh, Ethereum Foundation, which, by the way, is probably never going to happen. I want to believe this is a bunch of this is, just, you know, where is it? Here we go. Okay, so, yeah, right there. That, that's what you're watching for right there. That's all this is political theater. Gary's got to get a little heat off his back. And if I had to guess, uh, he's just basically trying to, you know, shuffle that conversation now so people can't say he's giving them a free pass anymore. But something tells me this is just a dog with a bark and no bite. Thank you, guys. And Gonzo, I'm excited to show you this video right here. We're about to play a video of Max Kaiser talking about the FTX collapse. But before we do that, this is a video of how Homeland Security tracked down the Satoshi 4 in California over 10 years ago. So this speaks for itself. Here we go. We looked at Bitcoin. It was the most prevalent at that point. We had seized quite a bit of it, millions of dollars worth under the Silk Road investigation. So one of our agents who started looking at another online marketplace um, through the deep web, which was called Black Market Reloaded, they were sending weapons um, through packages and through ordering them on the dark web. And he was really, really smart, forward-leaning agent. He goes, I want to go interview Satoshi Nakamoto. And we're like, what? He said, yeah, I want to go interview this guy. And at the time, we're like, hey, it's a figment of somebody's imagination. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. So, you know, we had all this pushback from our headquarters. And we thought, hey, if an agent wants to go talk to him and we have some money, why don't we send him? Let's find out how this works. So as it came to be, the agents flew out to California and they realized that he wasn't alone in creating this. There were three other people and he, they sat down and met with them and talked to them to find out how this actually works and what their reasons were. They sat down, met with them and spoke with them. This is the NSA stating this right here in Homeland Security themselves, Gonzo. I need you to give me your thoughts here. What do you think about everybody talking about how Satoshi is unidentified? We don't know who this is. Is it in Japan? Is it an American developer group? We're getting some answers here based out of California. Johnny Crypto is holding up the WWE sign. What's it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. Like just my personal opinion is I've always felt it was a group of people. Uh, you know, uh, if you look at the story or you hear like the Bitcoin standard, I think the book was, um, you know, there was like an original code and then there was people that that kind of added to it. So I've always felt, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's the NSA, right? If they figured out who the developers and the other key thing from that story is this, is that the government has a shit ton of Bitcoin, right? Because of those investigations with Silk Road, when they shut all that stuff down, think about what the value of Bitcoin was back then and how many Bitcoin you needed to make actually like a dollar, right? So the government don't get it twisted has a shit ton of Bitcoin. Absolutely. And Gonzo, I want to get some thoughts from Johnny Crypto here. Johnny, I showed you this video before the show breaking down how there are currently Mexico, Saudi Arabia, and China are all moving away from the U.S. dollar. And I'm going to play this short clip and go right back to you, my friend, because we got a bunch of articles for today. Here we go. And investments are tied up in a failing currency. It's not about the number in your accounts. It's about what you can buy with that number. Mexico, 
one of our largest trade partners to the South, just started the depegging and decoupling process from the US dollar. While Saudi Arabia recently has also been talking about accepting other currencies for oil. These are major indications of our monetary system unraveling. What if you are being set up to keep your money inside the banks and the markets while the financial institutions are transferring their own money into gold? Johnny speaks for itself. I'm going to give you the open floor before we kick it to Billy here. What do you think of this video? More validation here that the world is moving away from the dollar and into other assets. You know, it's probably now, <clears throat> it's already a done deal. It's already, we already know that the dollar's dead. The problem is nobody um, is monitoring the pulse of the dollar except a few of us. And, you know, you know, some people, but the majority of people, I can talk to 95% of my friends and family. They have no freaking clue what's going on. They don't have no clue that the dollar is dead. And the reality is, look at what the central banks and governments are doing, Abs. There has never been, never been a time, well, I don't know exactly how far back it goes, that they've been buying more gold than has been happening right now. They are hoarding gold like they've never hoarded it before. Okay? And so, if you guys don't see that as a red flag, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, a lot of people say to me, Johnny, what do you have for cash? I have barely any cash. I don't want cash. You know, it's not a good, not a great thing. You don't want to be in that asset. It is going to continue. We know that the rug is going to get pulled on the dollar someday. Now, we don't know when. That's the problem, Abs. We don't know when it's going to happen. But when that happens, that's going to be an ugly, ugly day. Go back and watch the, oh, go look at what happened to the other countries. I mean, Abs, you had that chart where we showed every hundred years, the country changes from the world reserve to the next one. Go watch what happens to those countries and the people in the countries and the value of their money when it switches. They lose almost uh, lose a huge amount of it. So, yeah, the only way to preserve it, everyone says, oh, gold's a crappy investment. It doesn't go up. It doesn't go. No, it might not. But when the dollar is when the dollar comes off completely, the world with our standard, gold is going to be the only thing that's going to hold any value. And so for that reason, you know, I encourage everybody to go look into gold, silver. Lead to protect your gold and silver, and then obviously a little cryptocurrency. I think that's the safest way to protect yourselves right now. I don't see any other way. I'm not a financial advisor. That's not financial advice. That's just my opinion. Over 70% of all U.S. dollars traded. That takes place overseas, Billy. And we're showing our listeners a chart right now just how much the dollar has been devalued over the past 100 years. I know you've got a lot of experience with currency, and we, we're critical of Bitcoin on this channel. Me and you specifically, we always talk about Bitcoin but Bitcoin is the asset that hedges against the deflation of the dollar, or at least that's what I like to believe. What does that mean to you, my friend, before we dive into our next article? I just, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't see how that, that correlates, right? Like, even if you're, even if I'm going to keep my money into a store of value somewhere, I want to be able to touch it, hold it. One, I don't trust the banks. Two, I don't trust the government. Three, I want to be able to hold on to my shit, right? Just like I used to stack cash. I don't stack cash anymore. What do I stack? Gold and silver for that simple fact, because fiat is trash. Gold and silver has is, is held its value. You can buy the same amount of, amount of things, right? If we go back to them taking uh, the petrol off of the American dollar, I don't think you understand the wave of effect that will have on our economy. People don't understand the middle class is this close from getting wiped out now. You have the rich and you have the poor. The middle class is getting wiped out by robotics and automation, just hand over fist. And what I'm scared is fixing to happen is they're going to try to 
turn on the printing machine again, right? If they turn on the printing machine again, that's going to cause and continue to raise interest rates. We're going to have hyperinflation like we've never seen in our effing lives. It's going to be stupid, man. So the only way to, in my opinion, to protect yourself across the board, right? Dollar shit. Crypto is up in the air. Bitcoin, in my opinion, is some central intelligence NSA creation in order to, to get all our money at some point in time. What happens if that switch pops, right? What do you have in your hand that's going to protect you? It's not going to be fiat money. That's going to be trash. It's not going to be crypto because you're not going to be able to get to it. What are you going to be able to go to the store and barter with people back and forth? That's my whole thing. It's just, um, I get it. It's a store of value. That's what people talk about. But at the end of the day, who's the value for? Like, what is it doing? How is it making money for you? Gold is going to continue to make money. If I want to go buy assets, I can go buy assets with it. If I want to go do something like that, I can. Bitcoin, at some point in time, if they decide to flip that switch or take it back, we're, it's done. It's a wrap. You're talking about the biggest enslavement of mankind to ever hit if that's what happens. And we've seen evidence of it, Billy. We've talked about how this impending, if we're going to move into a digital age, the fiat currency system has to collapse or they're going to roll it into a new digital asset class where the numbers, we don't have to print dollars anymore. We just add zeros on the screen. And Gonzo, we've talked about this many times, how the printing press can go on forever if we allow it to. But one of the things that stuck out to me was this comment from one of our listeners. Mark Yusko reiterated this when we interviewed him on our show. It said, according to a CIA project, Satoshi Nakamoto means central intelligence in Japanese. And no, guys, that's not a rumor. That's not a conspiracy. That is reality. So, Gonzo, why don't you just close this out for this segment? Do you believe there's any CIA connections or NSA connections to the to Bitcoin's creation? You know, to be honest with you, Abs, I, I don't know much. I haven't done a lot of research into that aspect of it. Um, so you know what? It's the matrix, dude, and anything's possible, right? At, at the end of the day, I can control what I can, can control, right? And that's my investment thesis, the projects that I get into. And hopefully at the end of the day, some of them will be left standing, whether that's XRP, Ethereum, Bitcoin, you know, whatever that is. Um, hopefully I'm going to have a horse in it. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I can change the life of myself my family and, and our community. Right. And, and then I'll let the let the rest fall where it may. Right. Because stressing about it or worrying about it does absolutely nothing. Right. All I can do is control what I can control and what I can control is what I research, what I study. Right. And then what I invest in, whether that's gold, like you're saying, silver, uh, taking the profits out of crypto and putting them into property, whatever it is to diversify, to be a little bit more solid. You know, that's all I can do. Thank you, guys. And I did stutter. I meant Drug Enforcement Agency. I did not mean NSA there, Gonzo. But guys, we got 365 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If there's any statement that's true on this show, it's that everything is possible in the Matrix. And we're going to show you guys some evidence of that now. Let's skip right into the Max Kaiser interview that happened on Fox yesterday, breaking down how Gary Gensler and Sam Bankman-Fried may have planned this collapse to bring in United States regulations. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to the group here. Here we go. So for Tucker Carlson today, we sat down with a man who has participated in our finance economy and covered it. And is one of the most honest people we know on those topics. His name is Max Kaiser. He's a big Bitcoin investor. And he assessed the same bankman fried story for us. Here's part of it. Sam Bankman-Fried, the key to his 
empire of fraud is that he created his own play money token called FTT. And he was able to create that without any oversight or any uh, tie to anything underlying um, it, giving it value whatsoever. And this is a whole cryptographic scam that's been going on with the crypto market where individuals, and he's not the only one, there are many people that create these what are called altcoins or scam coins. And they create, uh, Ether is another one, or Cardano or XRP. These are all uh, coins that are just created. And then they list these coins on each other's exchange. And then they buy them from each other to create a price. And then they use the enhanced price, which is now as a collateral value, to go buy something like Sam Bankman-Fried did, real estate in the Bahamas. It's so misleading to compare what Sam Bankman-Fried did to XRP and Ethereum or even Cardano. Like, I know that we've been kind of critical of Cardano's project because they have over 3,000 developers and almost nobody using those applications. But calling Cardano an unregistered security I'm not sure we can just blanket statement that, but Gonzo, we'll start with you and work our way through the group. How do you feel about Max Kaiser calling out Gary Gensler for the FTX collapse? Well, you know what? I mean, he's a Bitcoin maxi, right? So everything that comes out of his mouth is is just everything is Bitcoin. So the way I look at it is I look at him as like another Gary Gensler, right? Because when he says that everything's a security, because while FTT was a scam, and if you think about it, where did they learn how to do that? They learned to do that from them, him. He's a venture capital guy, right? That's where they learned how to create these fake tokens, right? Sam Bankman-Fried didn't create this. He learned it, right? He learned it from these venture capital guys, right? The, the, uh, those guys from the uh, All In One podcast, the guys from Solana, right? That laugh about dumping tokens on people, right? Those billionaires. That's where they learned how to do this from, right? It's something that they took from the legacy financial system. So that's one. But the other thing is, like, like I said, he's incentivized to be a Bitcoin maxi. But you're talking about two different things. You're talking about something that was created at thin air and then something like XRP that has real utility that solves an actual problem that we have. Right. And of course, they don't like to differentiate. Right. Because he's a Bitcoin maxi. So it's all about Bitcoin. So. Absolutely, Gonzo. And I want to break this down because I think it connects very well to the video we played. Johnny, I want to go right back to you after this. Gary Gensler revealed on Friday to the Financial Times, the SEC and CFTC have a memorandum of understanding in the works that will require the SEC to pass along information to the CFTC relating to crypto assets that represent a commodity. Gary Gensler has been an advocate for a one rule book approach alongside the SEC in order to co-regulate these markets. He added that securities and commodities are intertwined in the current trading environment. And he's talking about creating one rule book on an exchange that protects all trading, regardless of the pair. So, Johnny, that speaks for itself. Feel free to address the Max Kaiser video or the CFT and SEC working together. What does it mean to you, my friend? Well, I mean, it's just it's a freaking design. OK, first of all, you ever try to have two people do the same thing? It never works out good. And now you've got two government agencies trying to say, well, I own this, you own that. And this is going to be a disaster uh, in the long run, in my opinion, because I think because what's going to happen is I don't know if you've heard, but basically, if you're a company and you're trying to, you know, let's say, go get your get yourself registered, either one or the other, whether it's a security or comedy uh, or com a commodity, you actually have to file with both. So now imagine you file with both and now you're waiting for both agencies to get back to you. And let's say they disagree internally on who gets what. Now you're just sitting there with your freaking cavions in your hand and you can't do shit. You can't do nothing. You're just at their mercy, right? That's so, so to me, this is the problem here is that I don't like this, this, the ambiguity of these two, these two guys. Congress needs to wake up 
they need to do their job and make the laws so then these agencies can do their jobs and just regulate or what's the word, enforce the law that was given to them rather than try to figure it out for themselves. But my fear is abs, it's not going to happen. Congress is only going to give us something on stable coins. I think that's it. And everything else, they're going to leave it as the wild, wild west free rest. And they're going to say, hey, Gary, you and the CFTC, you guys go figure it out. And this is going to be a mess for a long time. Johnny, if I've learned anything about my 25 years living in this country, every time they try to protect us, we lose a little bit of our freedom. And there's another example of this happening here with the SEC. Gary Gensler is talking about one rule book on the exchange that protects all trading, regardless of the pair. If this industry is going to take any path forward, it will build better trust in these markets. And the report argued that such a rule book would safeguard investors from fraud, manipulation, and front running. Now, I'd need to see the specifics of this rule book, but we know that when he passed just one additional law last week, that was a 435-page report, Billy. So I'm looking forward to the 10,000-page report we get on this one, but what does it mean to you? It just means another 10,000 pages they're really not going to read. They're not going to give clarity on all that. I I agree. They're going to give it on the the stablecoin side and leave the rest of it up in there. That way they can can point fingers when they need to when it goes to shit. We didn't do that. You know, they did this. We only have clarity for this. Um, But the government's never been there for us, man. And the biggest the biggest scam they should have protected us against was the fucking dollar. Uh, And and they brought it to us. So, I mean, what what are they really doing? It's all show, bro. It's, it's out there, like like Johnny says. They got everybody on the carpet, and everybody's out. Boom! Last song they got right from underneath. Unbelievable. They're spot on, guys. And I'm looking for our next article, but right now, I think it's most important to go over the IMF report that was released earlier this week because, Johnny, they're telling us what we say every day on this show. Crypto bad, CBDC good, so let's expose the game here for our listeners. Yesterday, the IMF discussed policies for crypto assets calling for robust macroeconomic policies. The widespread adoption of crypto assets could undermine the effectiveness of monetary policy, and there's significant implications for international monetary system, a.k.a. they are scared, they are nervous, and we've seen some evidence of that before. As a report published back in September that I found said the IMF looks at central bank digital currencies more favorably than crypto. Announcing in September 2022, they're developing an interoperable CBDC platform to run through the BIS. Watch what they do and not what they say, Johnny Crypto. We're going back to the whole group here. Let's start with you. Oh, oh God, look at it, Abs. I've been saying it right here all the time. There it is. We've been telling you on the show, this is what it is. And now you just saw it firsthand right from that, right out the horse's mouth that um, no question about it, that again, you will become the word crypto uh, CBDC will be synonymous with the word crypto. That's where they're going to pre uh, they're going to civilian program the other 95% of people who are not in this space yet, right? Don't forget, only 5% are woke uh, are in, in crypto. That means just 95% of the population that has no freaking clue what's going on yet. And the very first time they hear the word crypto, they're going to think that's tied to a CBDC. And they're going to say, oh, yeah, crypto's great. Everybody's about, you know, right now everybody says crypto's a scam. It's a pine scheme. They hate it. It's no good. Garbage, blah, blah. That's because it's it's not tied and it hasn't been told to them yet that it's a great thing and it's not tied to CBDCs. But when it's all said and done five years from now, the only word you're going to know is CBDC and crypto. They're going to be synonymous as one, in my opinion, if you had to ask me. And that's not a good thing, by the way. But that's what I think is going to happen. 
Donzo, anybody who watches Coach JV's content knows that he's talked for a while about how the banks are going to make the shift behind the scenes and the everyday consumer isn't going to realize they're leveraging cryptocurrency behind their bank account for instant payments. Hester Pierce reiterated that same claim yesterday, stating that when this inevitable shift takes place, things like banks like Bank of America and Chase and JP Morgan, they're going to make these changes behind the scenes so the everyday consumer doesn't realize it even took place unless you're watching content like ours. And guys, we got 377 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We brought some positive news for you on this Friday. But Gonzo, tell me what you think. Crypto bad, CBDC good. What else is new, my friend? Yeah, I mean, we're going to keep repeating that over and over again because that's where we're going. I mean, you could already see with the um, the way they're going to regulate stable coins, right? They're going to try to regulate some of them or most of them out of existence, and we see who the winner is, which it looks like it's going to be Circle with USDC, right? That's going to be the winner. I can see that transitioning to some kind of like digital dollar or CBDC, and then they create the trading pairs like they did with Bitcoin, right, at the beginning. And it'll be like XRP and the CBDC. It'll be Ethereum and the CBDC, right? But that's how they roll it all out. And, and it's all about control. So it's nothing new. We're just seeing it play out. Um, all we can do is maybe try to, figure out what rails they're going to build it on, right? Because you're going to have multiple CBDCs, right? Because you already have like, you have companies like Quant, um, you have uh, Ripple, right? Um, you have XLM, you have all these different companies that are building CBDCs and hopefully are going to leverage their blockchain. And we're getting in early and, and that's all really we can do, right? Is try to make some type of profit off of it because it's unavoidable, right? You, yeah. you know, you did have like, you know, the, the, the optimist in me like thinks that maybe sometimes Congress will wake up. You have Tom Members that, you know, we had that story earlier in the week that he's trying to pass um, legislation to stop the central banks. So there's no direct connection between us and the central banks, right? He's trying to kind of put a filter there for central bank digital currencies. But yeah. then again, you, you we're assuming that he's doing that from a good place, but you don't know, right? Because it's the government, right? What did Ronald Reagan say? The worst words you've ever spoken are, is I'm, I'm the government and I'm here to help, right? So you, you just don't know, dude. And you know what's interesting, Johnny? You're going to like this. Quant Network retweeted that article from the BIS yesterday, quoting this, a unified programmable ledger could unleash an explosion of innovation in payments and money compared to the arrival of the smartphone. And now the fact that they're quoting that and stating that they are creating an aggregate, Johnny, what is the BIS doing? They're probably working with and learning from a lot of the people at Quant when connecting smart contracts between banks. So really just close this out here. How do you feel about the official Quant Network Twitter account retweeting this article and making those implications well it would be interesting to know if they are officially working together if there is proof of that you have no idea how huge it is because the bis runs everything the bi everything runs through the bis so if they are partnering with them oh forget about it then it's a done deal and um you know that that gets me even more i'm already excited about quant if you find out if we find that there's some ties there that's just you want to you want to talk about a home run i'm literally going to go out i'm going to sell the I think I'm going to sell the truck now and go buy some more quant. That is huge, huge if, if there's a relationship going there. Um, but nonetheless, we know that quant has, we know, um, what the hell is his name? Gil, uh, the guy who Gilbert Verdian. Gilbert. We know that Gilbert has ties to the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve, you know, we know they're all connected in one way to the BIS app. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's something going on there. That, that would be very, very fascinating. 
Very fascinating indeed. And guys, we're about to go over a very fascinating list of articles here as Cointelegraph released their top 100 stories for 2022. And I thought it would be kind of cool to just go over a couple of them. Now, the number one place was good old Bitcoin, which I thought was cliche. They should have took more of a risk there. But Gary Gensler was on this list. Snoop Dogg, Sam Bankman-Fried's collapse. Michael Saylor was 14th. And one that stuck out to me as well is Elon Musk possibly adding crypto to Twitter. That was the 21, 21st story of the year. So, Billy, I'd just like to get some thoughts on the stories that we went through in 2022. Was this your first or second year in crypto? And what does it mean that we made it through all this turbulence? Are we finally seeing better days on the horizon here? Yeah, this is this is my second year in crypto. Uh, better days on the horizon. I, I would think so. I mean, as we move forward and as everyone gets adjusted and, and understands what's really happening, I think we're going to have more movement forward. It just we're in the, the the infant stage of it, right? So I mean, we got some time to let this thing settle down, let rules and regulations come into place. But my thing to everybody is, people like I talk to, they want to argue about crypto all the time, and I I ask them, they they say it's coming, it's already here. Who's going to stop it? Who is here that's going to stop the crypto train? I don't know of anything or anybody that's going to stop what's coming. And then when we talk about quant, you really get educated on quant. Man, quant is probably one of my favorite projects out there, just the possibilities. And it doesn't matter what happens. As long as crypto moves forward and this digital age moves forward, quant's going to be one of the top top ones, top players. that they, they're, they do what other people don't do. They have the relationships, like Johnny says. And if they are with the BIS, it's, it's game over. And Billy, we're showing the chart right now, but if you look at quant throughout this entire bear market, or at least throughout 2022, it performed better than a lot of projects. Now we did have a high of about $400 in the bull run, but then when you go down, we completed our bear market regression at about $45. And ever since then, it's been consistent bullish price action, higher highs and higher lows throughout the board. Well, we finally seem to have made a lower high here, could get some bearish price action, but overall, I am thinking about quant as a very optimistic project and one that has performed better than the rest throughout this entire bear market. But Gonzo, you're going to like this article here as the United States Drug Enforcement Agency seized 1.8 million from Binance in 2022. And I'm not sure why I thought you would like this, but here's what's interesting, guys. Binance and the, and the um, what was the agency I just said? The United States Drug Enforcement Agency have been working together for years behind the scenes and cooperating and sharing information about people using accounts on their exchanges. So federal officials seized nearly 1.8 million in cryptocurrencies from six Binance accounts tied to drug trafficking. Approximately 1.8 million in today's value of cryptocurrencies were seized in May of 2022 as part of an operation to disrupt a cash pipeline funneled the proceeds of narcotic sales to Mexico via stablecoin. So these were actually being sold in Michigan and the money was being funneled overseas to Mexico. The cash couriers would deposit the money generated from drug trafficking use into Binance accounts purchasing Tether as well as Bitcoin. And then they would send the crypto to designated address controlled by criminal organizations in Mexico. So Gonzo, it's not that important of a story, but it's a narrative that I'm sure the mainstream news is going to grab a hold of. So we may as well give them a realistic approach. First things first, $1.8 million is not a lot of money for the drug cartel. It may sound like a huge amount of money, but it really isn't. And the fact that they were using Bitcoin and Tether just tells me they weren't that educated about the ways they could have used privacy coins to get around this stuff. But I'm not going to go into it here. What's it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, it, when you talk about like drug money, dude, that's like a drop in the bucket, literally. And I mean, that literally could have just been one of the lieutenants who just wasn't thinking. And they said, hey, boss, look, we can move the money this way. And they were like, just were uneducated and they, and they got caught up because we all know the last thing you want to do if you're like trying to move money secretly is not do it on the blockchain. Right. Because you're handing the government 
the whole thing, right? They, they have people that are experts that can just dissect everything and you're just handing it to them on a silver platter. So, uh, but I, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if you get like smaller time criminals that kind of do stuff like that because, you know, they're probably only going after um, like the big fish or, or what, they, what they appear to be big amounts of money. Um, but, you know, when they come up with all these things where they, they say cryptocurrency is made for nefarious reasons and all this stuff, they're just regurgitating old things. And we're not saying that that didn't happen because we all know if you know about Silk Road, right? And what Bitcoin, why Bitcoin actually took off and what it was used for, it was used as a payment system on Silk Road, which was where you bought drugs, right? I mean, that's what most people did on Silk Road was buy drugs. They sold stolen credit cards, all kinds of other things. It was a dark web, but that's really kind of how it got its start. It's real kind of first use case that was kind of worldwide, right? And so, but it's transitioned from that. And, and so when these guys pull that narrative or they use that, that's where they're getting it from. It's not like they're just totally pulling it out of their ass, but it's just outdated information. That's where it came from. That's where it has its origins, but it's not like that anymore, right? Um, at least not like it used to be, right? Like in the big scale of what its whole purpose was for, right? It, it's now you've got legacy financial systems that are invested in it. You've got all these different things that are going on with it because it's matured as an asset class. But that's kind of where it all came from. Johnny, check out this quote here. As the DEA and Binance have been working together for several years, and it was confirmed within this article, the relationship between Binance and the DEA is quote unquote pretty tight. The DEA officials and Binance staff have regularly met to share intelligence, which is used to collaborate with Binance's anti-money laundering policies and assist in DEA operations. So if you ever question whether these exchanges are working with governments, here's your answer, my friends. Johnny, floor is yours, then we'll continue. Well, no, listen, so there's no stuff. I mean, government agencies work with lots of different um, uh, financial institutions when they're trying to find crime, right? So no, no surprise there. Here's what you need to do, though. You have to always normalize this stuff. And so what's happening, as Gonzo said earlier, if you were to actually compare the amount of crime and drug activity happening in the U.S. dollar versus what's happening in cryptocurrency, you probably couldn't even put the two on the same chart because you have this big monster bar and you have this little blip that you wouldn't even see. But you don't understand. This isn't about trying to solve a problem in crime for, for, for cryptocurrency. No, this is about this. This is about this, okay? What this is about is you need to make crypto look bad. So how do you do it? What's the best way to do it? What do you think is going to pull at the, at the, at the heartstrings of, the, of, a, of a mom or a dad? Drugs. Drugs, right? Oh, finding out that this is, you know, your kids are being poisoned and drugs are flowing into the country nefariously because of cryptocurrency. And if we got rid of cryptocurrency, then there'd be no drug problem, right? That's all. That's all. So they just need one little tiny, one news article is all you need. And now you can blast that all over the world and say, you see, we told you crypto is bad because they're, they're over here using it to buy, but again, you know, buy drugs. But the reality is we know that there's going to be a lot more drugs done and sold forever in gold, diamonds, and dollars than there ever will be in cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is the most stupidest thing to commit a crime on because as Gonzo said, with forensic now, you can you can follow the money. It's the easiest thing to follow. It's the worst thing to use. It's the absolute worst. It's just stupidity at the highest level. Absolutely. And Billy, I'm going to let you close it out here. And then we're going to go over a list of ripple price predictions from now until 2030. And guys, I was disappointed with these numbers because in my opinion, some of them are very, very small. But Billy, why don't you close us out on that segment? DEA working with Binance. What does that mean to you? Uh, I have some bias just because I'm past history. Uh, <laughs> DEA works with everybody, man. It goes to 
them trying to control the the money situation and making sure they get their part of everything. And 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 I'll just say this: it's like I I, I challenge anyone to take ten thousand dollars cash and travel across the United States and see if you don't get that ten thousand dollars cash taken from you, and then have to go to court to prove where you got that money. They let in the country what they want to let in. They control what they want to control. And this is just another form of it, man. Um, you, you're never, it doesn't matter how you pay for drugs. You're never, unless you stop the supply and demand, you're never going to stop an addict, right? They're going to, either they're going to start trading TVs again and stealing Nikes off your feet or something. They're going to find a value some way, right? Um, I've never made a dope man that took Bitcoin, but I've been to plenty of weed shops that take cash. I know that. So we can just look at it like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? Abs, you had some. You said this in a text the other day. I wish you could pull it up for our fans. It was awesome. It talked about how a crackhead will outwork you. I forgot. It was. It's perfect. It talks. I'm about always it. nervous when you're about to share our private conversations on air, Johnny. It was said. It said a crackhead never goes out into the world and says, "I don't have money. I won't smoke today." Never. That man goes out and hustles and finds it. But guys, it's of course a joke. So I want to continue with our cryptocurrency. Yeah. This show has been dicey this week, Johnny. We've talked about a lot of stuff that we typically don't talk about. Let's get right into our XRP content. Before we show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto, we're going to remind you of what Brad Garlinghouse said is necessary for a settlement with the SEC. It's now fully filed and fully briefed uh, in front of the judge and the second district. And we expect a decision from the judge, certainly in 2023. And I'm optimistic that, you know, sometime in the coming single digit number of months, we'll, we'll have closure there. The SEC, Gary Gensler, has articulated a view that all crypto is a security. The only way that Ripple would settle, and I've, I've, I've said this at the very beginning, the only way we would settle is if there's clarity that XRP is not a security on a go-forward basis. If we, if there's, I mean, so you have this. Boom, perfect place to pause it. We are going to show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto, and then we're going to get some comments from the group here, guys. Here we go. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny, it is the smartest way to track your crypto. But when you talk about the smartest cryptos in the market today, you're looking at one of the CEOs and he just broke down what it's going to take to get a settlement between the SEC and XRP. And the number one detail is that it could never be considered an unregistered security. So why don't you give us your thoughts and we'll continue with the show. What's it mean to you? Yeah, Abs, you know, um, definitely one of the most smartest CEOs and smoothest out there. But I just want to give a shout out to you today, Abs. Great content today. Always bringing it, always bringing that research. It was fantastic. This is great stuff today. Uh, but, you know, no doubt about it that we know Brad has been very clear from day one that all he wants is just to say what he just said. I'll use his words. Go forward, meaning any from this point forward, right? We just want the SEC to say we are not a security from this point forward. 
And if they get that, this case is over. And the SEC gets a big payday because Brad will be happy to pay him $100 million to say, okay, fine, sue us. Here it is. Now leave us alone. Get us off our back. But the SEC doesn't want to do that. Now, there's one of two reasons. One, you're hearing Gary say everything's a security. So, so either Gary wants everything to be a security, so he doesn't want to grant them that access. Although they came out with library and said that, okay, anything going forward isn't going to be treated as security. So that makes no sense. So then scenario number two is there's some other agenda back here that's holding them back, and we're not going to know what that is, which means most likely we end up getting uh, the judge ruling, and then it gets appealed, and then another appeal, and we go to the Supreme Court, and this thing's probably going to drag on for another two years. So that's my guess. Well, who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens. Absolutely, guys. And Gonzo, I'm kicking it to you on this article, but we're about to show our listeners how from now until 2020-2030, um, we could see some drastic price increases from XRP. But also, when Brad Garlinghouse talks about a settlement, that is what could lead to the big banks purchasing this currency. If we have some sort of a regulation that gives banks approval to use cryptocurrencies, or specifically XRP, that's the catalyst we talk about every day. So Gonzo, I'm going to kick it to you, and then we'll continue. Thanks. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I so I answered, I think, a Twitter post. Somebody was asking, and I did a, a macro fit poll on XRP. And I said, like, if it gets really, really extended in a pure FOMO bull run, the 7-8 FIB extension is like at, I want to say it was $23, $24, right? But more realistic at the 4.6 FIB extension, which is also very extended, that was at like $14, $13, $14, which like most cryptocurrencies, when, when you do a macro FIB pool and we they get very extended, they go to like to the 4.6 FIB extension, right? That's not totally crazy. And I believe I want to say that was at $14 or $15. So again, anything is possible in the matrix, but just looking at the FIB pool itself and looking at a chart, th that's what I was looking at. Um, but yeah, but I, I do have to go abs, but, um, I will see you Thank guys you. on Monday and, uh, yeah, love you guys. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Gonzo. Always appreciate you joining us. And we're going to continue with this article here because Johnny, this was something I found interesting. Now I was hoping for some optimistic price predictions on XRP when I got into this article, but I was slightly disappointed with a lot of the takes that Coinpedia had. They put it, they predicted their all time high price for XRP by 2030 would be $5 and 68 cents. So not 589, not even $5 and 89 cents, $5 and 68 cents, Johnny. They didn't break down any real logical reasons as to why they were anticipating this growth. But I thought it was interesting that these price targets, even though they're low, still a 15x from where we're at today. What's it mean to you, my friend? Well, speaking of numbers, yeah, I just want to say that I think this is great, too. This is pretty low, 35. I'll take that. Thank you, buddy. Uh, but the reality is getting into the actual numbers, you know, Abs, is fascinating. I looked at a lot of these predictive charts back in um, 2020 when I got into this, right? And what I saw, Abs, was, and if you could pull that chart up, it would be great if you could bring that back up on the screen. Uh, yeah, so you see a lot of these. Put uh, where that chart? Yeah, or no, not the chart. Sorry, just go back to the table you had. Showing those numbers there, um, you can see. I think it was like five dollars or something they were showing in there or something like that. What we saw, I saw a lot of these predictions were in like that range. But then in 2021, when it happened, yeah, there we go. So look at the potential highs, like three bucks to five dollars, right? I saw this on everything I was buying: XLM, XRP, Cardano um name it right abs in 2020 we blew away all those numbers blew them away except xrp because they have a lawsuit everything else got blown away so the word of advice i would give to anybody that looks at charts like this is whoever makes these predictions is usually very conservative 
And, you know, they're trying to bake in a real-world utility use case, and maybe that could be the case. But the reality is you're going to see numbers probably spike much, much higher than this and then maybe come down. So, you know, will we see a $5 price? Maybe. But a high of only 5 No. I think the high – I've been very consistent on this show to say, I think for XRP alone, when we get settlement and when we're into the next bull run with the monkey off its back, I think you're going to see XRP somewhere in the 10 to 12 range, maybe as high as $50. I think these numbers are very, very low and conservative. And frankly, they don't worry me one bit. Thank you, Johnny. You know what's interesting about these numbers here is that Bitcoin actually reached $1.3 trillion worth of value during the bull run of 2022. So, Billy, all of these price targets here are lower than that number, meaning that they think Bitcoin in 2021 and 2022 is going to be more valuable than XRP's total market cap in 2030. Now, there's a billion reasons why we can, why we can debate that. But what's it mean to you, Billy? Well, just like Johnny said, everyone's going to be conservative with their numbers to make sure, you know, they stay within that. I, I would if these are the correct numbers, I'd be a little disappointed, but I'm not going to lie. I'd be happy with a dollar XRP right now. Um, and this just goes to say, even when the last run happened, um, define or make sure you understand what your intent is as a trader. Make sure you take your profits when they're there. Right. Because this can be life changing money for a lot of people. And if you don't take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself, you're going to let it go by. And we've all been in that place before. Right. Hence why, just like Johnny's doing, Merlin's going to be so important to make sure you take those profits because there'll be re-entry points as we go along here. Um, granted, we have some really good points right now, but make sure you take those profits when you can. That way you can reinvest it and continue to, to cycle that and change your life. Um, you know, pack you a moon bag. What do you mean by moon bag? Have you some on the side that you never touch, never sell, but then have some in your main supply that you're going to be able to get rid of and, and take those profits when you can. Absolutely, guys. Are these predictions articles made by ChatGPT? They are not. <laughs> uh, but we did show some stuff from ChatGPT earlier in this month where we talked about how there were HBAR price predictions much, much higher than these XRP price predictions. So slightly liking ChatGPT more than Cornpedia today. But guys, we're going to close this video out with an interesting video based on Ripple versus the SEC. These are some bold statements here. I don't want to read this whole paragraph. We're just going to play this clip and go back to the group. Here we go. So the two cases I focus on in that regard, because they spill over in so many different ways, are the recently decided library case and the maybe soon to be decided Ripple case. They're related in the sense that we're still asking what's a security. I wouldn't overplay one being relevant to the other. Um, I think the judge took a very fact-specific approach in library, and I think, frankly, the judge will take a fact-specific case uh, in Ripple, because I think that's what the SEC is asking everybody to do and saying, we're going to look at your specific facts. Other than maybe Bitcoin, there aren't a lot of specific factual circumstances that have yet publicly passed the SEC test. Um, but I think each of these cases does provide us with clues of maybe where we're going to land on more clarity of where the public can say, here are some indicia of what ultimately so, Johnny, you know what's interesting about this Bitcoin narrative is they're giving Bitcoin the pass of not being a security because there's no underlying company driving profits, right? But what's interesting is Gary Gensler often references how people are buying cryptos with the expectations of profit, and you can apply that to Bitcoin more than anything else. People are only buying Bitcoin because they think it's going to hold value and increase over time. So it's a weird narrative. Just because there isn't an underlying company responsible for the growth of Bitcoin, it still has a lot of the qualifications of a security, and they've already labeled it not a security. Gary Gensler, chairman of the SEC, is not making that argument. So I'd just like to get some thoughts from you and Billy, and we'll close out the show. What do you think about this video here? Oh, first of all, boom, on that article. Literally, that's exactly, exactly what I have been saying on this show 
for five to six months and getting bashed for it because everybody keeps saying, "Oh, when we get the XRP settlement, we're gonna have we're gonna have settlement for uh we're gonna have settlement for um you know we're gonna know what's going on and it's gonna oh it's gonna clarify the market." No, it's not. I've been saying that. Court cases are fact specific, and he used those exact words, Abs. Fact specific, which means the ruling in the library case is not going to apply to the ruling in the Ripple case if every single fact is not the same. And we know the facts aren't the same. So you could take that ruling, roll up in a ball, and throw that son bitch out the window. It doesn't matter what happened in the library. The facts aren't the same. And I'm not an attorney, but I have friends who are attorneys, and that's what they tell me all the time. And they told me in this one, this will be a fact-specific case. An outcome will come out, and it will only be applicable to something else that has exactly the same factual situation as the Ripple case. It isn't going to be applied across the whole entire market like everybody thinks. And you just heard it from an attorney now, not from me. But that's what I've been saying, and that's what I believe. Now, so it doesn't matter what Library did. This will be one thing. And, and he just said it. The SEC is not trying to lay a ground rule for everything. Because the minute they lay a ground rule for everything, Abs, then they can't go after everybody anymore. They they love having it where they can this, hand. Sonny, I, I don't even mean to cut you off, but I want to give you time to respond to this. You just said something perfect for the way we're going to end the show. Listen to this video here about what this man who worked at the SEC thought about Bill Hinman's advice in 2018. Very short clip here. Here we go. And, and I just, in my playbook these days, in fact, honestly, ever since uh, I sat across from Bill Hinman and he sort of said, you know, I'm gonna we're going to accept your proposal to give some guidance here. I stopped giving guidance. I said, let's be consistent with the SEC's hand wave approach here because that's who matters. You know, when you get to, when you get into court, like the court's going to give deference to the regulator. Nobody wants to, I mean, I get that. I really do. And my heart is in it. I, I love the academic arguments about whether or not something should be a security, but I just think honestly, to be pragmatic here, you should just read it like security and be done with it and move on because we all know how to do that. And so that's, to me, the path of least resistance right now until case law changes. Right? I don't even know what to say there. I disagree with his overall statement, but I understand the sentiment of the underlying issue. Billy, I'd like to give you a chance. What do you think about this statement here? When he heard Bill Hinman's advice in 2018, he took that as advice from the SEC about what was going to take place in the cryptocurrency markets. And you see what happened, right? He gave him, he gave him the path. If, some people will tell you what they want you to do if you listen. Now, whether you do it or not, then then that's on you. Yeah, I, I don't agree with it. It's not a good thing, but he played the game, right? There's a game that's being played. He played the game. The referee let him know the rules of the game. He decided he wanted to play the game. And there you go. And they, the reason they're not going to go after Bitcoin is because they can't. <laughs> I mean, they can't. Who are they going to go after? Maybe the four developers in California, Billy. Maybe. Ah, maybe. We'll debate it later on. Johnny, I'd like to give you a chance to close this out for today and wish our listeners a happy weekend. What's on your mind? Well, so Abs, just to kind of go back to something you were saying, maybe I can help clarify. So you were saying, why is Bitcoin kind of getting a free pass because there's no company and, and, and these other ones aren't? Because you can make profit in Bitcoin. And you're right. You can profit in Bitcoin. The difference is Bitcoin doesn't have a single entity that was promising you that you were going to make money off it. It was just created out there for people to use. And if it goes up in value, it goes down in value, it doesn't matter. It was never, there wasn't a promise to make money for the company doing some activity, right? Bitcoin isn't doing anything. They're not building any, right? So look at Ripple. They're building a, the NFT marketplace. They're building utility for cross-border payments and all those things are going to, you know, have the expectation of going up. And by the way, you have to have an entity as part of the, what they call the rule 
for, for it to be considered a security. That doesn't exist. So Bitcoin will never, ever, ever be a security. Companies that, you know, anything else, though, that was created, you know, not by some anonymous people, but by an organization with the promise of making money is always going to be called a security until we get some clarity. Abs. So I hope that clarifies for you why Bitcoin is getting a free pass. There's no company and, and there was no promise of guaranteed income. So that, that's why it gets the, the label of a, a, a commodity. But we, we know who created it. And we all know. Billy right. said it earlier in the show. We know who created it. We're going to find out many, many, That's many years bullshit. Someday <laughs> it will be common knowledge. But guys, this is the last thing I'm going to show our listeners. The Bank of International Settlements has cited Ripple versus Swift while discussing combining digital currencies with the Swift messaging system. If there's anything that I'd like to end this episode on, it's that right there. But we're going to close it out with saying thank you to every one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to NFT Tones. Thank you to Johnny. And thank you to Billy. We got 310 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys on Monday. And next Wednesday, we got Tony Edward joining the show. So that's going to be a great interview. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go! Let's go!